Thought Lounge podcast. On this episode, we have an excerpt from a Thought Lounge session with Dylan Beer on motivating change. Enjoy. My topic is on motivating change, and I kind of mean that on a social or behavioral level, um, but it could kind of be interpreted in whatever way you think of it. Um, I was kind of just thinking about this lately because I wanted, well, I'm thinking about and planning on like pursuing a film uh, career in film, working as a director and a writer, and I was kind of trying to figure out my place in society as a an artist, um, because. I see a lot of problems in the world and I would like to help with some of those things, but I don't like, I was kind of trying to reconcile like selfishness, like being like, okay, yeah, I want to do film because I like film with how can I actually help the world? And I kind of broke it down into like three stages for motivating any sort of change. Um, who knows if these are actually true. It's just how I kind of thought of it. So like first you have awareness and persuasion. So you have to let people know and get them on your side. Then you have education where you either teach them or encourage them, like, or the people that you're trying to reach go out and educate themselves on whatever you're trying to get them to do. And then you have action where they actually do whatever you're trying to do or something in the same vein. Um, and then I did like a little bit of <laughs> like really quick research on the internet found um, this uh, it was like a lecture it's like PowerPoint slides from a lecture on motivating change <laughs> and it was talking about different kinds of campaigns that are like effective or not effective the one that they kind of focused on was called an informational campaign which is pretty much those exact steps um, but in like just blasting it out to people. So an ad that rather than appeal to emotions or um, anything, it's just very logical. Here's the information, here's like, it teaches you what you have to do and then you're supposed to go do it, but nobody ever does it. Like <laughs> they're very ineffective, although they're very prevalent. Um, for the example, one of the examples was billboards, for example, like for instance. So the information's out there, you read it, you don't care. <laughs> um, and then the argument towards the end of the lecture was that the much more effective thing to do is um, present things in a way that people react emotionally to and resonate emotionally. And then the intellectual stuff comes after that. And I was thinking, like, for me, that's great because film is a very can be very emotional and very impactful on an audience. Um, and it kind of made me feel a little bit better about myself. Like, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'm in between these two stages. I'm in the awareness, persuasion, and education stage somewhere in there. And I'm going to target people emotionally and try to help them do good things with their lives and be better people and more empathetic, more merciful, forgiving, whatever. Um, and yeah, so I guess my biggest question was 
or my two questions are like, are what are some more details that go into that? Like, what are the different aspects of each stage that just off the top of your head? Um, and then also where you feel like your work fits within that. Like, are you like on the, are you making people aware of a problem or are you taking action on a problem? Like the way I see it is like the kind of scientific research is somewhere in education and action. You're doing, doing something and you're also learning and teaching other people. Whereas, uh, journalism or writing is more on the kind of where filmmaking is Mm -hmm. persuasion and education. I don't know where you're at, Axel. <laughs> Dialogue. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Didn't put it in there. But if I don't know, what are where are you guys' thoughts on that model, and in particular where you feel like your work fits in that model, or if it does at all? Well, first of all, I think film has. Uh, that's that's how we are understanding the world these days is through video and through film. It isn't. I mean, literature and reading and all that sort of stuff is always significant. It's always going to be significant, but it's not the most significant way we communicate ideas anymore. It's it's through what you're wanting to do, through um, through film. The I always get a little bit of a red flag when we start talking about motivating people and um, and motivating change, because where's the line between that and just propaganda? You know, just just to get people to uh, to move according to whatever your idea is so that's and, and then we go back to your point Mike about w- where does our morality come from you know do we do we get people to motivated for change just because we think this is the the best thing or is it because it's motivated by love or motivated by compassion or motivated for this is this is the greater good and th- this is what's going to heal the the world or whatever um, you know the the we can look at history and see some of the great stories that were told to move people to do some terrible things to each other. You know, and yeah. that's that's where you want to. That's where you want. At least my view. That's where you want to really, really want to be so hyper aware that you're not just being um, used as a tool for. Um, for something that's actually going to hurt people, so that th- that's always where I go when I when I start hearing about I want to I want to motivate change. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm with you, I'm with you. What are you gonna? Where's that change gonna come from? What's motivating that? Hmm. Um, you understand my that's, my point? I, I do, uh, and I think the that a good way of ensuring that it doesn't get. Um, too out of hand or that your idea isn't going to be extremely harmful is to seek the opinions of others and not just others within an insular group with diverse a diverse group in a conversation mm-hmm. like like this hopefully sure, <laughs> this sure. kind of thing um, because yeah no one person's idea is going to be perfect yeah um, and I think that no piece of art or propaganda or whatever motivating factor. I don't think any of that is perfect, but there's a lot that's been used to do really good things um, as well as really bad things. <laughs> yeah, no question. Um, yeah, uh, fascinating your seatbelt. You know, that, yeah. was a, that was a social 
mm-hmm. motivational, you know, kind of thing. AIDS awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's that's uh, been part of it. I'm sure diseases that you've you know dealt with. I'm sure that's always been part of it. How do you get a campaign? How do you motivate change? Yeah. There's a, a pretty good example of kind of um, effective motivation versus ineffective motivation with regards to just uh, vaccinations. So um, many years ago now, there was a false report out there about uh, vaccines and uh, uh, an apparent association with um, autism. Yeah, thank you. I was blanking. Yeah, yeah with yeah. autism. And it was completely fabricated, but it got so, such an emotional touch on people that it still continues to be really thought to be true today. And so there's been a huge science campaign to kind of counter this because there's actually a real social and, uh, you know, a problem if people don't get vaccinated because suddenly measles and things like that that kind of haven't been a problem can become a problem again. But anyways, science uh, is mounting this campaign and they did it for years with just information. And they actually did a study, I, I don't have the exact details on it, but they did a study where they brought these people that believed vaccines uh, were related to autism. In one group, they just let sit and watch TV for three hours, nothing at all to do with it. In the other group, they actually bombarded with all the science and the the facts that basically disproved this connection. And the group that they bombarded with facts were actually more likely to believe a connection between autism and uh, (laughs) uh, vaccines than the ones that they just left alone. So so you need to hit that emotion first. If you just kind of hit the facts, people just back off. But when you hit it with the emotion, you have to have the facts behind it and then back it up. So you have, you kind of, if you're just hitting it with emotion and there's nothing to back it up, then that's borderline propaganda. But if you're hitting it with emotion with reasons behind it that you can then follow up with, then maybe that's a motivation for change. And preferably like verified reasons by like a large group of people. Absolutely. And diverse. Like you said, you're it kind of reminds me of like Stephen Colbert's truthiness. Like it yeah. feels right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. feels true, but it's not necessarily true. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you gotta make things that feel true, and actually have some weight, truth behind them. Yeah. There was a great uh, public awareness thing that that was actually used just as a marketing tool uh, years ago. Uh, during the newsreels, you know, where people would get their information from newsreels uh, before movies. Um, the, the, it was just culturally at that time, culturally unacceptable for women to smoke in public. And so a uh, public relations uh, firm was hired by a tobacco company to just have women in newsreels who were smoking. So it wasn't an information campaign. It wasn't, a, you'll love it, you'll love the flavor, anything like that. It just showed this is acceptable behavior in public and that's what turned the tide and that's what got women smoking um the it, this is this is credited to the guy who's called the father of public relations a guy named edward bernays who was interestingly um uh, related to freud but uh but this just this there was an information campaign that was wordless it was just image mm-hmm. image only and it turned a complete uh shift into public acceptance of that. Well, it's also, I mean, yeah, since we're back in film, like the the thing that kind of comes to mind for me is like the, what is it, look who's coming to dinner? Whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Great that's example. another, another yeah. thing where you have something that's 
taboo, like on screen as something that's socially acceptable. And it was a huge part in motivating a change. Like, and, uh, yeah. Here are these actors interacting from different races and it looks acceptable. Yeah. It's fine. To some of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> not to the parents. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I, I guess last point, um, unless you want to add anything really quickly. I have one thought. Sure. Um, is more on how to effectively motivate change. So given anything, maybe smoking, <laughs> it could be mm-hmm. the worst or it could be the best. You know, could be stopped using your cell phones. and Right, you know, whatever it is. Settings. I think that there needs to be a... Um, that, that when the change actually happens is because there's been a lot of preparation for it by society. Like, it's so basically society has to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you, like, asked me about where in your work are you, I was just thinking, well, I think that what I did and I'm doing is I'm capitalizing on something that people are already ready for and that there's data for saying that we need to do it. Um, and that's, like, where you're, you know, conscious uh, or, the, like, the, having the science behind it that's where that's important because you have the data and then you have to have a, a cause that people are actually already ready for or almost ready. And then your movie your film or whatever, that's what pushes them over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but some causes just aren't ready. You might have a visionary, but they're way ahead. Well, yeah. And then for, for your cause uh, in particular, like dialogue and conscious use of technology, like there already are like grumblings in media like in the show like Master, Master of None Aziz Ansari's show and, and Louis C.K.'s yeah. mm-hmm. stand up and uh, just a lot of pop culture stuff is already getting going with that concept and idea and I don't know that kind of shows that the time is right for it um, my last thought was that I guess the change doesn't necessarily have to be like a society societal level change or like affect the behavior of a lot of people um my example is like uh kurt vonnegut i just read well a while ago now i reread slaughterhouse five and then uh read through his like collection of speeches that he gave for like graduating classes mm-hmm. it's really interesting and one of the things that he talks about is how like in all of his books, like they're they're all fiction. They're most like science fiction, ridiculous, hilarious books. But his purpose, he feels, is to convey mercy. That's like his one purpose in all of his work that he sees is just to make people that read it more merciful. And I feel like change like that is difficult to come by but also a completely valid thing to shoot for when you're working in art it doesn't have to be um like yeah get people off their phones and talking to each other again or uh let's show women smoking and make that a uh, acceptable thing in society it can be just let's make people better to each other Dylan was born and raised in San Diego, California with a degree in mathematics from UCLA. He plans on pursuing a career in filmmaking or becoming a math professor or doing something else amazing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thought Lounge podcast. If you'd like weekly updates of this podcast, search Thought Lounge on iTunes and click subscribe. 
until next time, good thinking always.